Business Matters in association with ATU Donegal's Faculty of Business. If you're an owner or manager in food production business, consider the new one-year Level 8 Higher Diploma in Food Business and Product Innovation. It's just one three-hour lecture weekly. Call 9186600 or email gary.mcgill at atu.ie. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to Business Matters. My guest this week is the Head of Regions, Property and Enterprise Development with IDA Ireland, Dennis Kern. Established in 1949, the IDA is the state agency responsible for promoting Ireland for foreign direct investment. IDA Ireland currently employs 330 people throughout its 22 overseas and 10 regional offices. A native of Letterkenny, Dennis has been with IDA Ireland for 24 years. Dennis, you're very welcome to Business Matters. Uh, thank you for the invite, Kieran. Great to be here. Dennis, can you talk to me about the IDA and what its function is? Sure. So the IDA stands for the Industrial Development Agency, and we're the state agency responsible for promoting Ireland for foreign direct investment uh, across the globe. Um, the agency was set up, uh, Kieran, in 1949. It's been in existence for uh, around 73 uh, years now, and was initially set up, um, it covered uh, multiple different economic remits, so it worked not just with uh, foreign investment and promoting uh, Ireland as location for foreign investment. It also worked with uh, Indigenous Enterprise uh, as well. So down through the decades, the responsibility and mandate of the agency uh, has changed. And uh, today it's exclusively focused on foreign direct investment. And we have our sister uh, agency, Enterprise Ireland, uh, which works with um, Irish companies and Entrepreneurs and startup uh, companies, and um, we are um, uh, governed under the uh, Industrial uh, Development Act of 1986 to 2019, and our parent department is the uh, Department of Enterprise uh, Trade and Development. We get our our funding from from DETI, and uh, which we're very appreciative of. And Dennis, can you talk to me about your role and how long you're with the ADA? Sure. I'm, uh, I joined the organisation uh, about 24 years ago. Uh, I'm in the organisation uh, quite a while. Um, I've had multiple different roles. Kieran's a great thing about uh, IDA, the breadth and depth of opportunity you know, across the organisation. What was your first role in it? So when I started off, I worked in our global business uh, services uh, division. And you know these names and uh, names of divisions and departments have changed over the years to reflect the target sectors that we uh, uh, competing. So I started there and um, over the 24 years I probably have moved role um, every five, six years and, and that's a great thing about IDA as I, as I mentioned that um, there's lots of opportunity you know, across the organisation to move into uh, new roles, to gain new uh, learning experiences you know, have career development uh, opportunities. Uh, so today I'm a member of the executive committee uh, of the organisation and um, I head up the the regional development, the property development and enterprise development teams uh, within IDA. And has you a favourite role before you moved on to the current role? Or are you happy to, to keep changing? No, happy, happy to keep uh, changing. Look, some people, uh, it really depends on uh, on the person and also like it depends on the needs of the organisation um, as well. And you try to marry, you know, those two uh, things. I was actually happy uh, to move roles uh, on a number 
uh, of occasions because, you know, you could be working with uh, financial services companies for five or six years, but then there's an opportunity to work with technology companies, life sciences companies, work with our, our property teams, uh, you know, our corporate services teams, and they all are provide you with new learning uh, experiences, uh, Kieran. And when you're curious and, you know, you want to grow and learn uh, as an executive and as a, as a person, it's great to have that platform uh, available to you within one organization. But then you have other people that are, you know, quite happy to, uh, you know, the real passion for one particular sector or one particular line of business, and they're quite happy to, uh, to stick with that um, career path. Uh, in terms of numbers, how many are employed roughly with ADA Ireland at the minute, Dennis? Yeah, so roughly we um, employ around 330 people. So we're, we're a global and national uh, organisation, Kieran. We have uh, 22 uh, overseas uh, offices and they, those offices are spread between uh, North America, Europe and Asia. And um, obviously with our national remit, we have uh, 10 regional uh, offices as well. Dennis, we're almost three years on from the start of the pandemic. Um, what impact uh, had the pandemic on the workings of the ADA? Yeah, look, it, 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 like all organisations, you know, it um, it had a significant uh, impact at the time. Um, I suppose the first thing uh, to say, Kieran, uh, I mentioned earlier that we're a global organisation, uh, so uh, we have people working. Uh, colleagues working around the world and you know our first priority uh, as an organization was you know the the health and well-being uh, of our staff and and our colleagues many of the, our colleagues um you know were unable to travel home during you know a two-year period uh, etc um so that was something that you know was a priority for us as an organization the second thing would be just in how we conduct our our, our business we had to transform uh, and adjust and transition to conducting our business over digital uh, platforms instantaneously, uh, similar to other, uh, you know, services-based uh, organisations. Uh, now, luckily for us, um, we had just gone through uh, an information technology upgrade prior uh, to COVID and our IT team done a fantastic job with zero downtime so we were all um, you know digitally connected uh, within the organisation and also we're able to use our digital platforms to continue our business and working um, with our uh, with our client companies and um, the other uh, key aspect of COVID for us, Kieran, is that we have a very strong um, life science sector in this country, and many of the companies uh, within our client base within the life science sector are, you know, they play a key role in the. Supply, global supply chains for many of the companies that were providing remedies and solutions to uh, to COVID, and um, as you know, uh, during COVID, people um, had to work from home. But many of these companies operate in manufacturing environments, so we work very closely with the government to ensure that you know a lot of these uh, companies and manufacturing environments you know could remain open under the appropriate you know health and safety guidelines of the time, um, and thankfully. Uh, 
um, you know, many of those particular companies continue to play, you know, a key role uh, within their global organizations and providing, you know, some of the products and some of the solutions uh, that were eventually used, you know, by multiple companies in terms of uh, some of the healthcare solutions um, uh, to COVID. But, you know, it was a very, very uh, challenging time. Um, like all of these uh, events when they happen, you know, you always look and see if there's a playbook there uh, for it. And look, nobody had a, had a playbook per se. It was the early 1900s when something like this happened uh, previously. But um, I think us as an organisation and ourselves as a country, you know, responded very well to it. Dennis, how important was the government support you mentioned during the pandemic period? Yeah, so, so looking at it, uh, you know, from a from a business perspective, um, you know, we had excellent cooperation. I think across all the government departments and all the state agencies, um, you know, from a business perspective, and um, it's important that uh, in terms of the communication channels uh, that uh, industry, you know, has contact points which they can utilise to feed into uh, government about. Um, best practice that they can adopt in those uh, particular uh, situations while adhering to, you know, government policy and health and safety guidelines at the time. And, um, you know, the feedback that we got uh, from a lot of the corporate headquarters of those life sciences companies uh, was that, um, you know, Ireland uh, was, you know, a very reliable partner uh, for them and their global businesses uh, at that particular time. And they spoke very favorably about the measured response and the proportionate response uh, that the government and the state agencies put in place uh, during that time. So a lot of learnings for yourself and the ADE uh, looking back on that pandemic period. No, absolutely, um, uh, Karen. I think first and foremost, um, I think it's the health and well-being, you know, of your colleagues and individuals. And, um, you know, as a public servant, um, I was very much in awe and admiration of our healthcare professionals, you know, across the country, uh, Kieran, and, uh, you know, why we were able to sit at home and work remotely. You know, they had to go into healthcare settings every day. And, you know, we all seen, uh, you know, across the media, the challenging conditions they all had to work uh, under. So that was fantastic, uh, you know, to see, uh, you know, from a personal perspective. From an enterprise uh, perspective, uh, Kieran, you know, a couple of key takeaways for us would be, the criticality of your uh, digital infrastructure and your um, IT infrastructure, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know we were in a good place that we were able to quickly uh, and have the adaptability to be able to transfer to digital uh, platforms instantaneously, and being able to conduct our business in a uh, in a virtual uh, environment. Um, it doesn't replace, you know, Kieran the. The, uh, the in-person, uh, experience, as we say in IDA, it's a contact sport. You know, we need to be out, uh, meeting people across the globe, talking to potential investors, working with their existing, uh, clients as well. And, uh, the most effective, um, the most effective way of doing that is doing it in, in an in-person environment. It can be done virtually, but the most effective way to do it is to do it in an in-person environment. From an ADA perspective, Dennis, at the minute, how are things going for Donegal and the North West? Yeah, so um, from from an ADA perspective, Kieran, we're 24 months through a 48-month um, uh, strategy. And, uh, and to date, um, 
you know, the, the implementation of that uh, strategy is going um, uh, very well. Um, you know, you mentioned COVID there and the challenge environments we had COVID, uh, but we also had probably two of our best years on record in terms of uh, winning investment and also the jobs that were created uh, associated with those investments. Why was that, Dennis? Well, it's back to the, some of the things I was uh, I was saying uh, earlier, uh, uh, Kieran, uh, in that um, we have a lot of um, we have a lot of you know uh, global leading companies across you know key sectors that are part they're, they're part of critical uh, supply chains uh, globally, and uh, when. You know, the challenge was put to us about, you know, those operations uh, continue to operate during that challenge environment. We're able to, you know, work with government and work with the agencies to ensure that those businesses continued, uh, you know, to operate and provide the technology solutions and life science solutions that their, uh, you know, that their clients uh, uh, wanted. Uh, we also had a good pipeline leading into uh, the COVID period. So in 2021, uh, Kieran, uh, we secured 249. Uh, uh, in investments that led to the creation of 29,000 uh, gross jobs um, uh, during 2021 and uh, j- during last year and we just published our results in, in December of 2022 um, you know we secured 242 uh, investments um, and 52% of them around 127 of them investments were in were in regional locations um, so we get about uh, on average, care in about sixty to sixty-five percent of our investment from our existing client base, so around thirty to thirty-five percent from new companies coming in, investing, and establishing in Ireland for the first time. So, looking after your existing uh, clients is extremely uh, Im- important, um, given the level of repeat investment that we um, that, that we get from them. I'm sure there's a, a wide mix uh, of companies and investors that come to Ireland to set up. Can you give us some sort of a, an indication of uh, what sort of companies come and set up here, Dennis? Sure. Um, so we're very targeted, Kieran, uh, um, uh, in terms of the sectors that we target uh, to make sure they're aligned. They're aligned with the competitive offering that Ireland has to uh, has to offer, and um, we categorise and segment our business uh, across maybe five, six different areas. So we have very strong life sciences uh, sector here, and that's um, broken down into medical devices and biopharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals. Uh, we have a very strong financial services um, uh, sector, um, technology, global business um, services, um, uh, engineering uh, is also you know a key sector. And you were mentioning and asking about uh, you know Donegal there and the northwest. So when we're positioning. Uh, Ireland and the geography of Ireland to potential in- investors. We position it on a regional basis. We don't necessarily position it on a county basis. So we market Donegal as part of the north, um, the northwest region, and the northwest region encompasses Donegal, Sligo, and um, and Leitrim, and. Um, and you know we, we've had a you know a very good run uh, of investment uh, in Donegal and in the Northwest over the last uh, two years. So today, um, 
Um, Kieran, we have uh, 21 companies, FDI companies, IDA client companies located uh, in Donegal and um, combined they employ directly uh, just over 3,600 people and I was just looking at uh, you know, some of the numbers you know, compared to maybe 8-9 years ago. Uh, the number of people employed now in Donegal in foreign direct investment has increased by 52% over the last uh, 8 or 9 years and um, the other key um, aspect uh, that we have seen in, in Donegal has been the transformation of the client base here. Um, you remember, Kieran, maybe 30 years ago, um, we had a significant concentration of business here in the textile uh, industry. And what we have worked very hard um, over the last uh, decade is to diversify the base here. So there's a good mix here in Donegal of you know, world-leading um, manufacturing life sciences companies like Abbott and Donegal Town and then in Letterkenny uh, we have world leading financial services firms like PGM and Optum uh, and then we have global business services and global technology companies like CETA uh, like TCS um, and then only uh, last year um, Kieran we, we've had a number uh, of announcements and I know the best part of over 600 jobs announced by new companies coming into the region and into Donegal, companies like Fintrue, Zincworks uh, and, and Concentrix uh, coming into Donegal. So we, we've managed to diversify the sectors, we've managed to uh, diversify the jobs base associated with, you know, with those sectors and you know uh, um, a lot of that is managed by our, our local regional manager Michelle Conahan and, and her team who do uh, brilliant work you know, across the region. So, Dennis, will I be right in saying that there's going to be a, a continued growth in all sectors? For the next for, for next while. Well, um, when we announced our results, uh, national results, Kieran in December, um, you know, we did point to uh, the many um, international headwinds uh, that are out there uh, across the global marketplace because we operate in a global uh, marketplace, and there's you know several studies to show that uh, there's a link between global GDP growth and and foreign direct investment and and, and trade flows, and if you look at um, some of the challenges that are out there you know when a post-COVID environment. We're still dealing with COVID, but hopefully in a post-COVID um, uh, environment you look at the very unfortunate circumstances in Ukraine, you look at um, a rising interest rate environment, you're seeing more economic protectionism um, as well, uh, Kieran. So while we've had two very strong years in the first two years of our strategy, uh, and we have a good pipeline, uh, and we never look more than six months uh, into the future in terms of our pipeline, we have a good pipeline uh, you know for 2023 um, you know the pipeline probably wouldn't be as strong as you know this period in uh, in, in January 2022 but it still is you know uh, a strong pipeline and I know our aim for the first half of the year will be converting those opportunities into investments. You mentioned an increase of around 52% uh, over the an eight or nine year period that would be really satisfying for someone like yourself Dennis? Well, uh, very satisfying for us as an organisation, um, Kieran. Um, we have a national remit, and, uh, and I mentioned there that we're we're uh, twenty four months into our strategy. Uh, you know, when we published our strategy, we went public on our targets. You know, we're very target driven as an organisation, so we aim to secure eight hundred investments, Kieran, uh, over a four year period, which is the length of the uh, of our strategy. And of those eight hundred investments, we hope to secure, you know, four hundred. 
wandered into uh, regional uh, locations, and um, you know we would hope that you know the northwest uh, you know will benefit from that targeting, and we're targeting twenty five investments between Leitrim, Leitrim, Sligo, um, and Donegal. And there we'll take a break. Are you an owner or manager within a food production business? ATU's Faculty of Business will support you with its one-year Level 8 Higher Diploma in Food Business and Product Innovation. Future-proof your operations by completing one three-hour online lecture weekly, all while working your normal schedule. Contact the Work-Based Learning Program Development Manager on 918-6600 or email gary.mcgill at atu.ie. You're welcome back. Before the break, Dennis was talking about the IDA's current four-year strategy. We've made a you know a fantastic start in terms of the you know the first two years uh, of the strategy, both with the existing companies announcing uh, that they're adding to their existing footprint uh, in the northwest and in Donegal, and then it's good. To you know, to complement uh, the growth from the existing base with new companies that are coming in uh, to the region uh, as well, Kieran. You mentioned new companies there, Dennis. What are the key factors when it comes to attracting investors to do business here? Um, well, well, there's there's numerous factors. First, I would say is that um, the level of competition is very, very intense. Um you know, if you talk to, say, our colleagues in Silicon Valley in our offices there, um, you know, there's about 120, 130 uh, FDI agencies uh, operating in California uh, alone, and we're all out there talking to the same companies looking for the competing for the same investment. So... Um, when we are in that uh, investment cycle or, dis- or, or competitive cycle, looking for uh, for business, there's a couple of things. Uh, one is, uh, you know, the country uh, or the company that we're uh, potentially talking to has to choose Ireland in the first place. Uh, you know, they're probably looking at Europe. They have multiple options uh, ac- across Europe about what particular country you know they would like to go to or invest in. And then within the country, we get into hopefully. Uh, uh, you know, uh, a decision-making process with them about where they might consider uh, a number of locations uh, within the country. So you have to want it for Ireland first, and then you have to want it for a location uh, within Ireland next. And usually, Kieran, the decision-making criteria, uh, why there is some generic uh, criteria that is commonplace across all sectors and all companies, then there's some very specific criteria that a company may be looking at uh, that's particular to their business sector or to their company. So every company uh, looks at talent and looks at uh, the availability of talent, uh, just not the here and now, but into the future uh, as well. They look at... Um, you know, common law jurisdiction about the rules-based society. Uh, you know that uh, that the country they might be investing in. They look at our membership of the European Union. Um, they look at political stability and predictability. Um, they're always looking to de-risk their investment. Um, so they like to operate uh, in environments where, you know, they have stability and predictability because many of these investments, Kieran, are just not, uh, you know, uh, a 12-month investment. They're talking maybe uh, an investment to last them over a decade or multiple uh, decades. They look at property solutions. They look at, you know, how they can collaborate with uh, national and regional stakeholders, 
be a third level, uh, educational institutes, training bodies, uh, etc. They look at the existing client base, you know, where their peers and competitors uh, locating and, uh, you know, they look at the sub-supply base. So some of our companies, especially in the manufacturing environment, they would sub-supply raw material and services, um, you know, from local uh, and national businesses. So all those um, all those factors are considered uh, by companies depending on the sector that, you know, that they're in uh, and how they operate themselves. Dennis, did Brexit have an impact on how the ADA does its business? Um, it probably didn't have a, 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 you know, a direct impact on how we do, do, do our business, sorry, but... Uh, it did have a disruptive impact, you know, for our client base. I just mentioned there about investors craving stability and, pre- and predictability, and I mentioned how important our membership of the European Union is. You know, when you uh, can um, come into a particular country that gives you freedom of trade with, you know, 455 million people uh, in one of the wealthiest, um, you know, geographies uh, in the world, um, you know that's a significant positive um, that you're able to um, you know share with uh, potential uh, investors. So obviously with Brexit, um, Kieran, uh, while we were all probably disappointed with uh, the outcome, it's a democratic process. You have to re- uh, respect that that process. Uh, but the next day, uh, Kieran, we wrote to all our clients, you know, all 1,800 clients. We've done a Brexit uh, sensitivity analysis across our different sectors and uh, and with our client companies as well to help uh, manage them through the transition uh, of Brexit. Uh, and that was proportionate to how their particular business or company was impacted by Brexit. But the one key thing out of it, uh, Kieran is that some of our subsectors like life sciences, but especially financial services, you know, they 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 operate in regulated marketplaces. So, um, if you are a financial institution um, uh, based in Europe and you are regulated in one European country, uh, you are allowed to sell your products and services across Europe from that you know, one European country. So. As we know, um, London is one of the financial services capitals of the world. There's a lot of regulated businesses there, and they were using their their uh, regulatory permissions that they receive from the from the UK government to passport their products and services into other countries. So, obviously, post Brexit, that would no longer. Um, you know, operationally work for them. So we spent a lot of time, Kieran, um, you know, in the city of London and in New York, talking to these particular companies who had to go and uh, develop and implement a, pros, a post-Brexit location strategy uh, and where they were going to move their business to get regulated, uh, you know, within the EU. And, um, you know, a lot of them would be looking at Frankfurt, looking at Paris uh, and Ireland. And um, the financial services, the, the team done done fantastic work over that uh, period of time. And we were just looking back on numbers recently. I think we we as a country have uh, can, um, can point to about over 100 investments that have happened uh, in the last number of years directly related uh, to... Brexit, uh, where companies re-domiciled or um, 
or um, move their regulatory permissions from uh, the UK to Ireland. Um, um, which goes to show they, again, back to the earlier comments I, I mentioned about the strength of the existing financial services companies, you know, that are based in Ireland, but also the operating environment here as well, Kieran. Dennis, it's 24 years since you started with the ADA, as you mentioned uh, earlier in the interview, and I'm sure you've seen quite a lot of changes in that time. Is there one change that sort of stands out, Dennis, above all others, both uh, in your involvement with the ADA and in the world of business? Well, I suppose, uh, Karen has seen, uh, you know, a lot of uh, change. Um, I suppose the, the the one thing that stands out is really just the pace of change. Um, like I mentioned that I look, I'm in the organisation now about 24 years. Uh, when I joined the organisation, you know, you, you companies like uh, Google and Facebook that probably didn't exist. Uh, or if they did, they were in their infancy. And today... Uh, in that short space of time, they've now become uh, some of the largest companies, you know, in the world. And um, it just never ceases to amaze me, um, you know, you know, the pace of which uh, technology development uh, happens and just the level of disruption, uh, Kieran, that happens in some of these businesses. We talked about financial services and Brexit there, uh, you know, a minute ago, like you didn't have companies like Revolut, uh, you know, 10 years ago, and now they're in disrupting uh, a business where, you know, you have companies that have operated in that space for maybe over 100 years. Um, so it's just fascinating uh, watching the dynamics of these particular sectors and how they change uh, in, in such short spaces of time. Dennis, what do you believe is the biggest challenge facing the ADA at the moment? Well, I, I mentioned there, uh, Karen. Look, there's any multiple number of headwinds uh, out there at the moment, and it's uh, very important that you know we manage uh, the impact of that um, um, on our on our value proposition, uh, you know, for the country. Um, I think the one thing that that um, every company talks to us about is competitiveness, um, Kieran, and that we need to be competitive nationally as a country and then uh, we need to be competitive regionally as well um, so that when companies are looking at Donegal or they're looking at the Northwest or they're looking at the Midlands or the Southwest, uh, etc., that we must have uh, a competitive offering uh, with them. And it's not necessarily that, you know, we have one part of Ireland competing with another part of Ireland. Usually what you'll find is that you'll have a region in Ireland uh, competing with a region in Poland, a region in France, a region in, in Germany. So what we need to uh, ensure, is that we must continue to invest uh, nationally and regionally in building up uh, the carrying capacity and the competitiveness of um, of our regions and uh, that means uh, investment in all the supporting infrastructure uh, investment in talent investment in training uh, to make sure that uh, you know what we have here is aligned with the needs of companies um, so it makes it easier for them to make decisions you know to continue to invest you know in Ireland and in the northwest region. Dennis, I'm sure you've been involved with helping a large number of companies over the years setting up uh, in Ireland. Is there one company that comes to mind uh, that's going on to be uh, very successful? 
Um, I, I have a national responsibility here now, Karen. So I'll not, uh, I'll not pick out one client. We like all our, uh, uh, we like all our uh, clients. I think one of the, the rewarding things um, about being in IDA, and I think all my colleagues will say this as well, Karen, is um, you know a lot of the decision making cycles, due diligence uh, carried out by these companies can take. Uh, years, sometimes several years, uh, and when you um, see a company locating, you know, um, in a, in a provincial town or uh, in a region, uh, etc., and you see the social and economic impact uh, that that can make in a region that allows people to build their lives, have a career, uh, and a very rewarding career um, in a, in, a, in a regional location, uh, you know. W- you know we get a lot of you know positive you know benefits uh, from that, and I suppose that's the the main rewarding thing that we see uh, in the work that we do. So, would there be a person in business that you admire most, Dennis? Um, look, I, I'm very lucky to meet uh, you know a lot of uh, uh, key people running running global uh, you know corporations, uh, uh, Kieran. Um, but equally, and I know we mentioned it there at the start of the conversation, you know, around, uh, you know, around uh, COVID, uh, you know, I have a lot of admiration for uh, probably a lot of people in the background of the work in the public service uh, for the work that they do uh, regionally and, and, and nationally, you know, for the, uh, you know, for the country. Um, and, and equally, Kieran, um, while we deal with a lot of multinational companies, and they're not all, you know, uh, the large uh, companies that people, um, you know, can name. We we deal with a lot of small companies that are um, maybe employing less than two hundred people that are commencing on their globalization strategy, and we have a dedicated team to work with them. And I suppose anyone that uh, that has the uh, amb- ambition and bravery to go out on their own and set up their own company and and grow that company, be it a family-owned business or if it turns into you know a global business or multinational business, a lot of admiration for uh, for people that take that step. So, what is the key in your opinion to the success of, of a business? Um, I suppose the best businesses, Kieran, that um, uh, th- that I see that. Um, you know, have grown here in Ireland. Um, they're very focused on their customers, and uh, they're very aligned in meeting the needs of their cus- uh, of their customers. And that level of customer service and customer satisfaction, you know, they've a laser type um, uh, focus uh, on it. And um, some of the other aspects I see from the more successful companies is how much they invest in their people. You know, from a from a training and development uh, perspective, and I mentioned earlier in the conversation, Karen, about the pace of change in manufacturing processes, in new technologies, in new technology platform uh, platforms as well, and um, you know the the, the very successful companies continue to invest in their people so you know that they're best in class in terms of working in those environments and uh, adapting uh, to those uh, in environments as well what's your view of the local economy at the moment Dennis 
Yeah, look, I had a bit of time, uh, Kieran. Uh, look, I moved back to uh, Donegal for a while during uh, during the COVID period, and it's absolutely fantastic to see. Did you find it a good benefit for your own role? Um, yeah, well, look, we were working remotely. You know, we, we didn't have access to our, our, our offices and back in Dublin now. But, um, yeah, look, uh, as I say, we were able to work uh, remotely given the IT infrastructure that we have. But um, I think the Northwest is doing really well, um, Kieran, both f- from local businesses. I mentioned about the performance, uh, you know, for foreign uh, direct investment. So I think there's a good um, equilibrium there between, you know, multinational companies and digital Indigenous-owned enterprises and also family-owned uh, uh, enterprises, and uh, um, I know from just uh, you know talking to one or two um, friends that are in the hospitality industry as well. You know, because people couldn't jump on planes and maybe take their their holidays outside the country. You know, we did have more people you know visiting regional locations all along the the west of Ireland, the Wild Atlantic Way, and you know Donegal in the northwest certainly you know, benefited from that. So that was great to see as well. Dennis, I know when you're not working, you have a big interest in, in GEA. You still follow St. Judans and Donegal. Were you in Oma yesterday? Uh, I was in Oma yesterday. We'll not, we'll, not, uh, we'll not spend too much time talking about that movie. But uh, uh, look, it's a very young team. And uh, um, look, I think we have to give the, you know, the new management team there uh, a chance and an opportunity. Um, you, you know, you know, it's very intercounty management now is practically, you know, a full time job. But um, it's great to see some of the new young players coming through. And look, we, we need to get in uh, and row in behind them and give them an opportunity uh, to get some experience in the in the league. But um, you know, we'll have to. We're all adjusting to life without uh, Mr. Murphy, so we'll have to see how it goes over the coming months, Kieran. And finally, Dennis, what does the future hold for yourself and the ADA? Yeah, so uh, I mentioned, Karen, that we're we're uh, we're 24 months through, uh, you know, a 48 month, 48 month strategy, and uh, why we're making good progress uh, on it. We uh, you know we need to make sure that we successfully close out on that. And you know, in IDA, we're very metric driven, very target driven. So that'll be the focus for us, uh, Karen, to close out on on that uh, particular uh, strategy over the next two years. And I mentioned earlier that you know we have a you know we have a healthy pipeline for the first six months of the year so we're very much focused on converting that pipeline as well. Dennis Curran Head of Regions Property and Enterprise Development at ADA Ireland. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us on Business Matters. Thank you very much Kieran. Well that's our lot for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guest Dennis Curran. Thanks to Kenneth Wilson on sound and thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com Business Matters, in association with ATU Donegal's Faculty of Business. If you're an owner or manager in the food production business, consider the new one-year Level 8 Higher Diploma in Food Business and Product Innovation. It's just one three-hour lecture weekly. Call 918 or email gary.mcgill at atu.ie.